Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There's a lot of ways to look at the Penn State-Ohio State game today. My next guest will give me his look on that game and a lot of other things in college football. From the Sporting News, their lead college football writer, Bill Bender, joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing, Bill? Doing well, Jody. How are you? Very good. Uh, In a word, I just want one word here. What word first comes to mind if you need to describe today's Ohio State victory over Penn State? Oh, man. That's a, a one word? One um, word. Because I did it earlier and someone chastised me already. I wanted to see if you went the same place I did. And then I'll give you my word and you can tell me whether I'm right or okay, wrong. Okay, I, I figured it out. I was stalling. Humanizing. It showed they're not superhuman. Oh, I like yours. Yeah, yours is even better than mine. Uh, No, what I said was, and and tell me if you think I was wrong, because a a tweeter surely did. Um, I said it was sloppy. Ohio State had a chance to blow the game open. They fumbled a couple of times. Penn State to a pick four turnovers. I thought both of these offenses were a little bit more prolific and uh, on point than we saw today. I just thought it was a sloppy game. Not only is it a bad game, but just a sloppy game. Am I off in my description? No, you're not off. I mean, sloppy in terms of the turnovers, yeah, in the third quarter where Penn State scored 17. I would say the reason I chose that word, not just a flex that I know what a dictionary looks like, I suppose, but um, I, I think it showed that if they do turn the ball over in big games and they don't just run people over like they did in the first half, they can get beat. And next week, I think, could be a very similar type game. Where if they give it away three times against a Michigan team that has heated up, I don't even know if that would be enough for Michigan to win. But I do know that up there it'll be uh, enough for that to make a, make a game, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, you know, Coach Harbaugh, since he's gotten to Michigan, hasn't been able to solve. He couldn't uh, solve the previous coach. We'll see if he has any more luck against Coach Day. But uh, that's been his big, biggest bugaboo. He can't beat Ohio State. If they play competitively and lose, uh, is there any kind of a moral victory here for Michigan in your eyes? Um, I don't think that's not how that rivalry's looked at. Or yeah, no. Jim Harbaugh and Lawson's looked at. So... But, I mean, Ohio State is the class of the Big Ten. They've looked like it all year. I think for Michigan to win, Shea Patterson, you know what? I think this is a little bit by design. that Shea's looked as good as he's looked in the air the last two weeks because I think they know that Shea Patterson has to toss it around a little bit for them to have a chance. And and not – I ask this question all the time, Jody, and I, I said to a lot of people today, can you picture Sean Clifford beating Ohio State? And my answer was no. Can you picture Shea Patterson beating Ohio State? Um, The answer is still probably no, but I think he's got more playmaking skills than Clifford does where he could maybe make it interesting or he could, if they turn it over, it could get real ugly. Right. If we get sloppy again next week, that probably plays to Ohio State unless it's just one-sided sloppy. We're talking to Bill Bender from uh, Sporting News. 
uh, about college football here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, you said Ohio State is the class of the Big Ten. They surely have been. Are they the class of all college football? Um, if they win the next two convincingly, I think they're going to be the top seed in the final ranking. And that top seed's coveted right now because, you know, you, you got um, Clemson. Probably Clemson seems virtually locked into that three. So that's why I'm saying that. I think uh, if they if you do avoid the three, you avoid Clemson. And by the way, Clemson's pretty darn good. And uh, I, I think that's what the big race is. Now I could be wrong because. The only other thing that gives me pause on that is that LSU will have the biggest game of those three teams on that SEC championship Saturday. Very true. Um, let's say that SEC championship game is Texas and LSU, and for argument's sake, LSU finds a way to win it, which gives Georgia their second loss. Of the group, and I put three in this group, Oregon – Utah, Oklahoma, putting Alabama to the side for a second because of the whole Tua thing. I'll get back to them. But Oregon, Utah, and, uh, Utah, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's going to have a Big Ten championship game, Big 12 championship game under their belt. Whoever wins the Oregon-Utah game will uh, certainly get a little bit of a boost. Who's the team in the best position to grab that spot if it opens up because of a Georgia loss? Did we lose, uh, Bill? No, I, I said uh, Oregon, sorry. Okay. Um, if Oregon wins that game, I think they're in the best position. I think they'd be forgiven for the Auburn loss. It might rankle up some Crimson Tide fans if they blow out Auburn, but you saw what you, we said we're going to get to that. But I think I just think Oregon has the best resume, the best team of those three. You know, probably the quarterback that's the most interesting because Justin Herbert's really – Improved his own NFL stock. That's one of those decisions where I wasn't sure he made the right decision by coming back to school. But every week I watch him, I'm, I'm like, yeah, he did. Bad news is he's probably going to end up in a Bengals uniform now, and I live in Ohio. Well, either he or Joe Burrows, because some people say Burrow could be the number one pick. And, oh, by the way, Burrows leading LSU down the field again against Arkansas. All right, let's get back to Alabama, because you're right. They're number five right now. Uh, won convincingly today the way they were supposed to, but did so sons to a tongue of law. And they've got Auburn next week, who, oh, by the way, Auburn played the toughest schedule in all of college football this year. They're probably going to end up with four losses, so they don't have any uh, right to be in any conversation other than tip of the hat. You got dealt a tough hand with the schedule that you got. If they do win, how much does the committee actually factor in the fact that Tua Tungabaloa is done for the year? Is it purely can you just put that aside and judge Alabama for what they have or haven't done on the field and not factor in injuries, how do you think the committee should take that into consideration? I mean, you know, it's, it's almost foolish to just assume that Alabama is going to go to Jordan Hare and route Auburn, right? Because Auburn's played all these tough games, and, you know, that's the rivalry game. And I think there's a certain – it's the perception factor is going to kick in next week. If Alabama wins that game by six and it's not this big blowout, then I don't think we're going to – put them in now if Mac Jones takes them in there and they win by 30 to 40 and then we watch an ugly Pac-12 championship game and everybody's going to be watching it because on a Friday night maybe I I think the chances are slim though because one thing if they do put Alabama in Jody what are we doing with a four-teamer at that point 
if we're just going to put Alabama in? What, what, what's the point in being a Pac-12 or Big 12 champion at that point? I would tend to agree. Um, and uh, it is a conversation I've only been having for 30 years, uh, and I'll have it with you, I think, probably for the first time. The, the perfect number is eight. And I've been saying it since the 80s when it was just the uh, polls deciding who was a national champion. I said, we need a championship. And if you want to talk about the – because if you only go to two, then number three will bitch. If you go to four, the team that finishes number five will have a combined. If you get to eight and you're the ninth team in the country and you're saying, damn, we need to be in this. No, you don't. You're the ninth team in the country. So be better than nine. And guess what? You wouldn't be able to talk. So I've always believed eight is the number – Television contracts, conference conflict. There, there's so many hurdles to get over. We've had to work them to get from none to two to four. I understand it's easier said than done, but are we going to see it in our lifetime? An 18 playoff? Can it be done? A couple things. I hope so because I think eight teams. Whereas people worry about it'll damage the regular season. My counter to that would be in the college football playoff era. No two loss team has gotten a playoff. So let's take a team, and I'm, I'm just going to throw one at you, like Michigan, for example, who lost one game early bad, lost their second game on a drop pass, would be a 10-win team if they win next week, and they look pretty good. So let's assume they, they – well, I wouldn't assume they beat Ohio State. Let's say they beat Ohio State. They'd be like that perfect wild-card team that, that had two losses, is hot, is actually playing well. And then the other part of it I need is – you got to put the first round on campus for me. Just so we have Georgia at Ohio State or LSU at, now what if LSU was at Memphis or something? These games would be incredible to watch. I agreed, and I hope it happens at some point. Uh, I know they've got TV contracts that go long range, and uh, you can't just make these sweeping changes without uh, getting the TV networks involved. Um, how much patience do we have to show? Do you know when the contracts run? Is it something that when it gets done, that eight an 18 playoff will actually increase the interest in college basketball? For sure. I mean, I, you don't want to dilute it too much, but I mean, yeah, I think it would increase it because we're, we're I know we're still in a thing where there's a handful of teams that can actually win the national title. That probably would stay true if we went to eight, but at least you give more teams involved in the fun. And I think, uh, you know, this year, at least, the one thing about Alabama doesn't get at least it's not Clemson, Alabama. At least we get a fresh blood championship. And, and then, you know, of course, I said that, it'll probably end up being Ohio State and Clemson or something. <laughs> and uh, we'll still complain. So, But to your point, the second we go to eight, you know, the, the, the hot take article every week is who's number eight. And then you start to devalue the regular season a little bit that way. No, okay, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you might be right. Um, give me a percentage on Joe Burrow being the Heisman Trophy winner. He certainly jumped into the lead with the game against Alabama last week, playing the way that he did. Uh, I still think he can make an argument for Justin Fields and maybe even a Jalen Hurts. Shoot, some people say that Dobbs is actually the most important element to Ohio State. Um, I, I, I can, and or uh, uh, their stud, Mr. Young, on the defensive line could be argued as the best overall football player on that team. All these things being said, yeah, I think it's Burroughs' uh, trophy to lose. Agree or disagree, what kind of percentage would you put on him winning it at this point? 85. 
I'll leave myself a little wiggle room for the one player is Chase Young, who you saw today. I just don't think he'll win because of the suspension. And there's a percentage of voters that will look at that. You know how we are as a sanctimonious bunch of writers, some of us can be, and radio people maybe, just every once in a while, right? Um, so I think 85 to Burrow, maybe 10 to – Ten to Chase Young, and I'll leave that five percent to Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields. I think Burrow won the Heisman with that Alabama game, and it's going to be hard to take it away from. Him. All right, last thing: you think Tua is going into the NFL, knowing that his stock has to drop if you believed he was going to be the number one pick, uh, even if not the number two pick, he's going to go very high in the first round. Now he's going to be a uh, potential guy, and he's going to have to prove that he's over the injury, and I don't even know where he'll be at physically by the time we get to the draft, assuming that he stays in the first round but goes further down. The possibility of him deciding, let me go back one more year at Alabama and show myself and be the number one pick the year after. But if he does that, then he's going to be in the same draft with Trevor Lawrence, and uh, we're getting far afield here. Um what do you think Tua's going to do? You think he's going in the draft? Do you think he's going back to Bama? I think he'll go to the draft and be a late first-round pick, maybe early second round. And as long as he progresses and his rehab does well, I think it will. It's like, I mean, there's nothing left for him to prove at Alabama, I don't think. Um, another year of cutting up the SEC. I mean, I guess some of it will depend on the rehab, though, where he feels like his rehab is when he comes off that surgery. But I, I think he goes to the NFL because, yeah, I mean, if you think you're going to go number one next year, uh, you're not because Trevor Lawrence is. Yeah, it should be a uh, fun – and I, I'm a big field fan, so I thought this was going to be a huge quarterback year. It could actually turn out to be next year if Dewey decides to go back. Bill, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board. As my friend Dave Johnson, my favorite race caller of all time, likes to say, and down the stretch we come. Enjoy the stretch, my friend. We'll be in touch. Hey, no problem, Jody. Thanks for having me on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.